Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter. It's season 3, episode 40. It's a WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna at Roller Games and their Mad Footy Board Game, where they're kicking big bags of goals, making turnovers at critical times, and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL-inspired board game is all about. And you can find them on at Roller Games on Instagram, Roller Games on Facebook, and rollergames.com.au, that's R-O-L-L-A, to find out a bit more about them, but more importantly, to get your hands on a mad footy board game for you and the family. And our only two active teams that we're checking in across this episode, but also we're going to touch base with the West Australian Cricket Association. Uh, they have just announced uh, their 2023-24 playing squad and personnel. Uh, so, but however, without further ado, let's hit the pitch. Let's talk a little bit of Super Rugby Pacific. And of course, that means let's touch base with the team in blue and the Western Force. Now, to start us off, we're actually going to have some off-field news, a huge signing news. On the back end of last week, in fact, I think it was mid-last week, about Wednesday where it dropped, they have secured for next season Prime Wallabies playmaker Nick White on a two-year deal, uh, recently playing in the 2019 World Cup and making 59 appearances for his uh, country, 271st class caps both in Australia and with French clubs Montpellier and Exeter uh, before returning to help guide the Brumbies to a title in 2020, whilst also having success at the aforementioned French clubs. Let's just go to a quick quote from Nick. Uh, what I feel like I can bring to the force is my experience. I've been to three clubs now, Montpellier, Exeter and Brumbies, and have tasted success at all three. So I feel like I have a fairly good understanding of what's this, what success looks like and how much hard work goes into building a successful club and culture. I've had conversations with Simon, Coach Simon Cron, uh, about building a winning environment. As a team, you show what you can do on match day, but it all comes down to the process. It's all about how hard you work in pre-season and Monday to Friday. This is an area I have a lot of knowledge to pass on, and it's importance. So, a great quote from Nick White, but also just a terrific signing. Someone who's current. Yes, he's in the back end of his career, no doubt. But hopefully they can get him for, you know, three, four years. Uh, He's had success wherever he's gone. It can only be a good thing. But uh, let's get to the field. And this was purely a must-win to keep alive any Slim Finals hopes that they had. Uh, And they did just that. They took care of a hot and fired-up Fiji and drew a 34-14 in cultural round. And they came into the... Who actually came into the clash after an upset win against the Hurricanes the round before. Uh, The the Force dominated a lot of this game. They had 59% possession, 67% territory. They had 56 more runs and 85 more metres gain. Uh, Going into halftime, it was actually tight. Uh, They only led by one, but they kept the draw scoreless in the final 40 minutes as they displayed a tremendously impressive defensive uh, sort of showing. whilst also still rolling over the scoreboard and putting, uh, you know, scoring pressure on. Now, they charge out of the gates, uh, scoring their first try in the first three minutes, and then double their tally at 10 minutes to go up early 12-0, before then conceding a couple of tries uh, and pressure from the drawer, with one coming immediately after, and the second eight minutes from half time. Now, enter the second half. 
And two minutes in, they made a statement, scoring courtesy of Jeremy Williams, who powered past three defenders and converting to lead by eight. Uh, through a strong ruck maul and a string of faces, they turned in another five-pointer, again, uh, yet again, in the 74th minute via Carlo Tizano in his first point since actually returning to the West to seal the match before securing the bonus point win in what was their what was their fourth victory at HBF Park and that win uh, just sort of t just gets them into the eight they're sitting eighth at the moment one point ahead of Fiji and Joel uh, still five points from the Reds so they can't climb any higher as of now unless they can gain some more momentum ahead of and let's look to round 13 uh, they actually have another home game but this time against the Brumbies uh, who are sitting second on the ladder so um, it unfortunately doesn't get easier uh, for the Western Force but hey they got to win a win that they desperately needed and they go up against a high quality opponent uh, opponent in the ACT Brumbies against you know a new signing Nick White uh, he's going to be there so hopefully they can rain on his parade but also show him that uh the force uh, the sea of blue that's the place to be but uh if you are a sea of blue member make sure you get down there on friday cheer loud cheer proud and let's see if our western force can snag one more win and just keep the momentum rolling as they uh did roll very very well uh let's now make our way to the court let's talk a bit of suncorp super netball that means the team in green some west coast fever it's Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. the exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. Drains a super shot, and it's eight. Do they get greedy and go for 10? There were two late outs in their match due to COVID-19 uh, health and safety protocols that they had to follow, of course, uh, which actually forced Vice-Captain Jess Ansis and goal attack Sasha Glasgow in two massive blows for the club. But it did open up opportunities for training partners Nat Butler and Jordan Kransberg, uh, who actually made, and well, she made her Suncorp Super Nepal debut. Sword unto those two ladies for getting the call up, but obviously huge blows from a team perspective. And also, just before we get to the match at hand, uh, just on some fixturing uh, for a future match that they're going to have with Collingwood. Uh, Suncorp Super Netball bosses have refused to give a clear answer as to why the West Coast Fever have been forced to play in Tasmania in round 14, uh, despite having to travel twice as far as any team this season. Reigning Premier's Fever take on Collingwood in Launceston, Tasmania on June 17, just a week out from the start of the finals in the only game to be played in the state this season. This means the club will be forced to travel roughly 43,000 477 kilometers this season double the most uh double the next most of travel teams in the sunshine coast lightning just over 20,000 and queensland firebirds are just over 18,000 now it comes just weeks after fifa finished four interstate trips in 28 days which included their one goal loss to melbourne vixens off a seven day break and back to back away games the Vixens had not played interstate since playing the New South Wales Swifts in Sydney on April 22, just their third game outside Victoria. When questioned about why Fever had such a travel-heavy start to their season, as well as travelling Tasmania, Super Netball put it back on the WA club. So, yes, we're naturally, as in we, as in WA, we're naturally going to travel further because we're further away from you know, the, the other states. But if you're playing one game in Tasmania, why would you pick the state that is furthest away and who 
travels the most within the competition. And not just the most by a little bit, the most by a lot, almost double compared, sorry, double compared to the next best team, um, like the Sunshine Coast Lightning and then the Queensland Firebirds. It does not make sense. You're playing one game and you're choosing the team that's furthest away this reeks of mediocrity, a ridiculous decision from uh, Netball Australia and the Suncorp Super Netball organisers and you know, fixture coordinators, whatever you want to call them. This is so stupid. It's so silly. It would definitely be a bat blast, but I think I've uh, put put out the uh, you know the feelers and the idea that this is ridiculous. And also, one week before finals, they have to travel all the way to Tasmania and back. Come on, this doesn't pass the pub test. It's not okay, Netball Australia. All right, going to get off the old soapbox. Uh, let's get to the match at hand. Now, this match had it all. Uh, it was all up for grabs in the second versus third contest. And unfortunately, the trend of close losses has continued. Another one-point loss, this time to the Swifts at home. Uh, it's now the third time this has happened. And two weeks in a row, it's turning into an alarming trend that they're going to have to address. The Swift Sport scores level with a minute left on the clock. Uh, they then held up play and finally fed the ball into their GS for her to score the winning goal on the final siren. But there was plenty of action that happened prior to the final seconds of the game. So let's talk about how it all unfolded. Uh, the West Coast Fever, they were in control after a tight opening few minutes of the first quarter. But just couldn't convert their chances, uh, despite multiple gains from goalkeeper Courtney Bruce. And they went into both quarter and halftime two goals down. Uh, but they began the third quarter with a bang, with Nat Butler hitting the court for the first time in five years and bringing some much-needed energy that led to a six-goal lead during the term, only for goal attack from Sydney Swift's Helen Housby uh, to once again in the power five take away that momentum that they had built. And looking ahead to the final 15 minutes, uh, they were able to push the margin back out to five uh, with defensive stops and scoring one pointers at the other end. But they simply couldn't stop Housby only and just, you know, they couldn't stop her and they couldn't get the ball out of her hands. But also with no Sasha Glasgow, um, they didn't have their own uh, goal goal attack shooting uh, those super shots. Uh, she's been so pivotal for us across the season. So just a huge blow. So, But again, you can't let it get down to that point and lose by there's so much that happens before that. So it's certainly something that they're going to have to address. They're going to have to do it quickly. Um, just quickly looking at the stats. Uh, Janiel was 53 of 55, uh, so pretty solid. No, not solid. Terrific, let's be honest. Nat Butler was 3 of 4, but the team was only 3 of 4 from the super shop versus 10 of 14 from the Super Shop for the Swifts. And of course, they were all from Helen Housing. But that was the game right there, the Super Shop. Um, Verity Simmons, she had 20 assists and 26 feeds. And Alice Teague Neal had 18 assists and 33 feeds. Whilst, you know, Dynamo captain Courtney Bruce had four gains, four deflections, and two defensive rebounds. The one positive that uh, the team can take is that uh, their depth is on show, with Nat Butler making some important shots at goal attack and Kranzberg playing an important role in wing defence, both in the second half. You know, so yes, of course, you lost two massive outs, um, but they've got the depth. They know that they can compete and keep up with the best. They have, however, the West Coast Fever. They've dropped a third, and they're now two points and six points behind second and first, respectively, in a setback to their top two hopes. And we know how important the top two is because win, and you go straight through to the grand final um so yes bit of a loss big loss um but uh, all they can do is just regroup uh, look ahead to bounce back uh, they have another game at home as we said a big string of games at home of course they still play in tasmania which we've already spoken about but hopefully they can you know find a way to 
be in control much much more towards the end but also they've got to start using the super shop uh it's clearly a tactic that a lot of teams are using against the west coast fever and it's uh it's paying dividends for them just not the west coast fever they've got to find a way to turn it to an advantage for them and not uh, a disadvantage against them but we're going to leave it for the fever let's talk a little bit of cricket and some personnel news and of course i'm talking about the western warriors and WA, after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield, and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this all is the right, best signings and updated contracts. Uh, official playing squad for the 2023-24 season. Uh, it's going to be a 30-man roster featuring seven players on Cricket Australia contracts, 20 players on the primary list, and four rookies. Alim Haskett is among three new players earning his maiden state contract uh, with the left-arm fastballer and grade cricket this previous season, taking 28 wickets at 17.96 and 19 first-grade scalps the year prior. Now, add on to this are exciting Pilbara pace bowlers Marley Beardman and Josh Vernon in rookie contracts, uh, with Vernon taking 11 wickets up against England across a three-format series for the youth team. But unfortunately, Bearden missed this series through injury. Now, two of the key pillars of its red and white ball teams, headlined by a three-year contract extension to Laurie Sewell, medalist in Cameron Bancroft, alongside Joel Paris for three more, Jason Berendorf for two, powerful right-hand Ashton Turner for two, rising star, should I say, Corey Roccatoli for two, Teague Wiley uh, re-signed for three, reliable seamer Charlie Stobo for two years, and opener Jaden Goodwin for two as well. So they're just locking up the stable, two and three-year contracts respectively, just keeping them, you know, really, really deep, a really, really strong, consistent, and, uh, you know, just... You know what you're going to get from him, basically. Uh, and just lastly, spin bowling all-rounders Cooper Conley and Hamish McKenzie were promoted to the primary list, filling the vacancies of retired Sean Marsh and the not-renewed David Moody. So, well done, uh, WAC, uh, the West Australian Cricket Association, uh, through uh, GM uh, GM of high performance, Kate Harvey. He's just all over it, uh, of course, as is Christina Matthews as well, and Adam Voges too. Um just a class unit. Um, they, they won the treble of titles and they've done it twice. Um, the, this organisation is just absolutely dominating the show when it comes to cricket, both on and clearly off the pitch. But we're going to leave it for the Western Warriors. We're going to stay with cricket and let's talk a little bit of Western Fury. Mooney who scoops this one into the gap will get two out of that. Didn't get all of it, so that'll be 150 for Beth Mooney. What an excellent innings. A history-making innings. Now to the playing list for the women's contracts. Uh, it's actually been finalised with the highlights. A talented all-rounder and a quartet of contract extensions. Uh, Chloe Ainsworth, uh, she's been rewarded for her outstanding Premier Cricket competition and the Under-19 National Championships, receiving her first full contract at the age of just 17. Uh, she showed her capabilities of bat and ball, scoring 175 runs at 35 and 10 wickets at 15.1 with a best of 3 for 12 up against Tasmania, making her NCL, so the National Champion Champions League, debut uh, against Queensland Fire this season. And reigning Zoe Goss medalist Chloe Paparo, who was a top 5 run scorer in the competition, 531 runs at 51.3, and WNCL Player of the Year award, uh, she, 
along with off-spinner Lily Mills, uh, fifth in the competition uh, as a leading wicket-taker with 20 squelts. 20 scalps at 24.90. Experienced pair Piper Cleary and Lisa Griffith. All four of these players have re signed two year contract extensions until the end of 2024 2025. So let's just quickly hear from uh, head, of, uh, head of performance and GM, as we sort of spoke about just earlier in the Warriors, and Cade Harvey. He says, We are proud of the list that we have assembled and we're excited to welcome back almost the entire playing squad from last season. Chloe Ainsworth receives her first date contract after dominating Premier Cricket for Melville. We are excited to see how she performs. Signing our core senior players on multi-year extensions is fantastic with their experience proving invaluable to a young and developing group. And having Moons and Kingy, uh, so Beth Mooney and Alana King, uh, contracted by Cricket Australia, allowed us the opportunity to add some more depth to the playing squad, which will provide much-needed flexibility throughout the summer. And just lastly, WA Women's head coach Becky Grundy. Uh, she said, as a coach, it's pleasing to keep a consistent playing squad together. Uh, the group were able to challenge each other and improve immensely last summer. I'm excited to see how this young group can perform next season. We know that our best cricket can challenge the top sides in the competition, and we will continue to strive for the consistency that will lead us to success. So we're going to leave it there from a cricket perspective. Uh, the playing squads, both for the men and the women, are all locked in and loaded and will cause touch base when we get much closer in the back end of the year to uh, them, you know, pretty much starting. But we're going to leave it there for the Western Fury. All right, that's it. We're done. We're dusted. That is the end of Season 3 and Episode 40, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, short and sharp. was great to touch base with our Western Australian Cricket Association men and women as they updated and released their 2023 and 2024 playing squads. Uh, the Western Force, uh, sorry, the Western Fever, should I say, another heartbreaker, unfortunately. They've just got to start turning them around. Three losses this season by one goal. Um, it could and probably is likely going to come back to bite them in regards to finishing top two, which, as we know, is all so important. But the Western Force, they kept their finals hopes, although very, very slim, alive, ahead of a crunch clash against the top two uh, ACT Brumbies and that huge signing of Nick White. Just great news if you're a Sea of Blue fan. But from a bat banter perspective, if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Instagram, and whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board. We look forward to touching base with you and all of our teams on the WA Domestic Sporting Scene, but from Adam Bat, yours truly, I'm out for now.